Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here as always with uh, fellow beat writer Joe Masato. And, and Joe, we're jumping right into uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Uh, Saturday, 11 a.m., Sooners fans, set your alarm nice and early. Uh, yet another morning kickoff for, for OU. The streak continues. It will continue for uh, one more week at least. I think beyond that, we'll probably finally get a night game uh, on the back end of a, a bye week. But, uh, the Joe, the streak of 11 a.m. games has been uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, Lincoln talked about it a little when we when we talked to him Wednesday night, and, and just as if we have been saying, they love it for road games. They just don't love it for home games. I mean, it continues to be a recruiting problem for them. It's tough to get guys in in that short of a period of time, and also the atmosphere is just not quite as good for 11 a.m. games. So there's a lot of factors that impact recruiting, but there's really nothing OU can do at this point. The only thing that was in their control was – you know, playing that non-Saturday game on a Sunday to open the season, that turned into a night game, what would have certainly been an 11 a.m. game. But these conference games are just out of their control. Yeah, so uh, I know Sooners fans get fired up about it, but there's nothing really you can do once that contract's signed. Yeah. The, uh, the, the TV folks get to make their decision, and they've certainly done that. Yet another uh, 11 a.m. kick for the Sooners. Uh Joe, a big storyline this week has been Austin Kendall, his return to Norman. Will he play? Will he not play? Um, I actually got to talk to Brian Kendall, his dad, early in the week. Um, they were hopeful that Austin would be able to play, but how much does that change things if if Austin Kendall isn't able to go on Saturday? Well, I, I mean, I think it. I don't. I don't think it will have any impact on the result. I, I don't think that. You know, West Virginia has much of a chance in this game, but he has started every game this season, so obviously if you're West Virginia, you don't want him not to go. Um, They'd have to figure out their backup situation a little bit, see how that affects the offense. You know, for OU, you know, you asked Bill Biedenboe about this, but maybe you're less worried about maybe Austin Kendall turns into a bit of a a coach, a a signal stealer on the sidelines if he can't go. Yeah, although – Bill Biedenboe sort of laughed it off, said he hadn't thought about it, but it was an interesting exchange because uh, I just said, hey, are you worried at all about uh, you know one of your former quarterbacks on the other side? You know, It's one thing if it's a former really any other position, but quarterbacks, just because they have to know, you know every signal and be so intimately familiar with the offense, uh, the entire offense, um, but Biedenboe said pretty much – Eh, we go fast, so it's not really something that uh, we have to worry about much at all. Yeah, so I, and he's probably right about that. The game does move so fast. Austin Kendall's going to be focused on playing. He can't be really, a, you know, a defensive coach on the sideline to try to figure out what Oklahoma's doing. Now, what I think is interesting is, you know, Austin Kendall can talk to West Virginia's defensive staff about what to expect, and this whole idea that it's that it just can be quickly dismissed that they're not worried about it. Well, then why was there, you know, pushback in the first place? I, I know it's not about s- stealing signals, but there was pushback in the first place about 
him going transferring to another Big 12 school and the whole you know dilemma about blocking a, not blocking where he can go but allowing him to be immediately eligible this year. Yeah, although I think that was more about protecting Oklahoma because if you remember the timeline, Austin Kendall decided he was going to transfer before Jalen Hurts uh, decided to come to OU. So uh, I think that that was as big a part of it as anything, as if they didn't get (laughs) Jalen Hurts, you wanted to try to hope that maybe you could delay Austin Kendall's decision a little bit. Well, he was going to leave anyway, though, right? Right. Yeah, he was going to leave anyway. Um, But maybe if you say, hey, um, you know, you can't be eligible at West Virginia, then he takes a little bit more time to think about it. Jalen Hurts, if he had decided to go somewhere else, then maybe you can somehow, some way, talk him into coming back. Yeah, I I guess that could be their defense. I I still don't think it – it's no, probably the right it. one. I mean, he visited Auburn. He visited, I, I think, Kentucky was in the talks a little bit. So he, he would have gone elsewhere. I think the whole thing was just a little ridiculous. And if you're not worried about it at all, don't have that pushback. But, yeah, I mean, it's from the West Virginia angle, the Mountaineers are, are clearly, you know, not very good still in, in the early stages of Neil Brown's tenure. So this Austin Kendall, will he, won't he play about his transfer – um, is the most compelling storyline from that side. Yeah, no doubt about it. They struggled last week offensively after Austin Kendall uh, went down with the injury. Um, Neil Brown hadn't said what he's going to do if Austin Kendall can't go, but it sounds like he could go a different direction. They're not going to pull the, the red shirt off of their freshman, but uh, they, they've got a couple options there. But I think regardless of who plays quarterback – Oklahoma should win this game and win it win it fairly handily. Yeah, I think so. So, so uh, Joe, I mentioned my story early in this week uh, on, on Austin Kendall. Uh, you've got some interesting stuff cooking here for the next couple days. Um, let's let's talk about those stories a little bit, especially. Well, let's start off with uh, Lincoln Riley's memory. Yeah, so you know, I, I'm sure most of you have seen these clips or, or listen to the show, but Teddy Lehman basically quizzes Lincoln Riley every week on a play from his past that he um, that he called, and even in one is- instance, it was a play, uh, a Texas Tech play against OU that he didn't even call, and he remembered it. So basically, it's just this amazing recall, and I, I've talked to Lincoln Riley's old high school coach from Muleshoe, and he says that Lincoln has a photographic memory. Lincoln described it Wednesday night as a selective memory. And I think it's just a really fascinating thing because memory can be a weapon in play calling. You remember, okay, against this against this defensive look, in this formation, against this personnel, I remember back in 2015, this worked. Now, I don't think they're always using that, but it, but it is interesting that memory can sort of uh, be useful. Now, the... The thing to rem- the thing to remember here, <laughs> and if you're Lincoln Riley, that should be easy. Yeah, Gre- Greg McElroy said, "Yes, it's cool." But uh, w- when I talked to him for a different story, he said most offensive play callers can do this sort of thing. Yeah, but it seems like Lincoln Riley is maybe a little bit different. As uh, I think, you, didn't you talk to his math teacher? Um, yeah, just very briefly, but yeah, I mean, there. The story is that Lincoln basically would get in 
not get in trouble. But at first they thought he was cheating on like math tests and stuff because he would write out the answer and not show his work. He would just remember everything. They said he wouldn't study a lot, but he would still do well on tests. So just a classic example of if he heard something in a lecture or in class, he remembered it. He didn't necessarily have to study for it. Yeah, so that's fascinating. That'll be in the Oklahoman uh, Friday, um, probably posted online at some point Thursday night. But, Joe, you've also got an interesting uh, story about Jalen Hurts and actually got to uh, talk to him a little bit one-on-one, which is pretty abnormal for the Oklahoma quarterback and uh, got some interesting insight there. Basically, I I just wanted to know, you know, based on what he said after that Texas game as far as talking about the emotional ties he now feels to the university and talked about OUDNA in me. I mean, that was, I I think, a glimpse into him that we don't normally get, and I wanted to ask him more about that because how how are you supposed to have those ties when you're only at one place for a year? It's not where you spend undergrad. It's very much like a business trip, and I just asked him about that, and he talked about, how, you know, he doesn't know the way around campus. He doesn't know the names of buildings. He, you know, shows up to the facility, does most of his schoolwork at home. Uh, most of it's online. I think he's in one night class. So, <laughs> Which for, he doesn't know the name of that building Yeah, either. he doesn't know the name of the building. So it, very much like it, it explains how hard it is to have those um, sort of ties when you're only at a place for a year. And I think – you know, he's not unique in that. I think it's the way for most graduate transfers. Yeah, and you got a chance to talk to, I think, a couple other graduate transfers, guys who went away from Oklahoma and experienced uh, experienced playing time elsewhere. A, f- a couple former quarterbacks, Kendall Thompson, uh, Drew Allen. What did you take away from those conversations? Yeah, they, they basically reinforced the idea that Jalen said. Now, obviously, it's different because they transferred, you know, from a blue blood program to non-blue bloods in Utah and Syracuse. But they also had moments during their careers when when they felt connected to their new university. And having spent their undergrad at OU, they were were both not at all surprised by Jalen's comments. They said that, you know, you can play for OU at home, you can play for OU on the road, but there's something different about that Texas game where you just feel like, more of a sooner basically yeah so that'll be an interesting read uh from joe coming up on saturday in the oklahoma and we're going to take a break right there and be back uh after the break with some more ou west virginia talk and uh some other news uh from the uh, sooners extra podcast i'm your host ryan aber alongside joe masato from the oklahoma and this is the sooners extra podcast presented by zaxby Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast, brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. And, Joe, we've got some uh, bittersweet news to talk about here on the Sooners Extra Podcast. Um, We've been doing this thing uh, a couple times a week here uh, for a few months now at this point. Um, But this is your last in-week edition of the Sooners Extra podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's 
definitely bittersweet. So I'll be, we, we had some staff shake up and I'll be moving uh, to the Thunderbeat. So this is my last week on, on OU coverage. Uh, I'll, I'll be on the postgame podcast after the West Virginia game, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun, I keep saying a year and a half, but it's not, <laughs> it's not been a year and a half. It's been a football season and a half basically. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, continue to listen on Joe to Joe on the Thunder Buddies podcast, which he'll be doing a lot more of those now. <laughs> yeah, uh, after every game, I'm uh, I'm a little intimidated by the amount of podcasts they crank out over there on the Thunder Beat. Yeah, but you'll do fine. We we have full faith in you. The question is, who's going to host? I it? know I got to try out my hosting abilities. Is, are you going to host it? Is Maddie going to host it? Or are you going to rotate? Have you figured this out? We might have to work out some sort of like. Um, joint hosting, co-hosting, sort of, sort of thing. You're you're our permanent host on the Sooners Extra <laughs> podcast. I'm not sure if the Thunder Buddies is going to have a permanent host. We'll see. <laughs> okay, because does did Eric host it? I think most he, of the yeah, time? I think he always opened it up. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so yeah, that's a, a determination to be made. But one way or another, Joe's going to do fantastic work on the Thunder Beat. He's uh, done some great work on the Sooners beat over the last, like you said, season and a half. It appears everybody else is going to lunch without That's us. That's a very sad sight, the... by the way. <laughs> like, seriously, we're, we're sitting in this podcast studio, and we look out the window, and all of our coworkers are walking to lunch together while we're podcasting. But that's I'm, all right. I'm we're, upset. We're getting work done. So and and luckily this time when I go to lunch, I won't be paying for it with somebody else's card. <laughs> Care to share that story? Sure. So the other day, Joe, myself, a couple other guys on the uh, the OU beat went out for dinner after uh, some interviews, and Jason Kersey and I had the same debit card, and they got switched. And I used it for lunch. I used it for uh, a, a drink, a non-alcoholic drink at the uh, a bookstore on OU's campus a couple days ago. And then I got to Target and actually had to type in the pin, car- pin number, typed it in, and realized, oops, that's not my card. And uh, luckily, Jason was still in town because most weeks he's back home in Arkansas by Wednesday. So we were able to get that switched. But uh, – Jason bought me lunch yeah. and bought me a uh, Sprite Zero this I, week. Identity theft on the OU beat. <laughs> Apparently so. But, Joe, uh, let's talk about your year and a half on the beat, or season and a half, like you said, on the beat. It's been an interesting time uh, to cover OU. You've done a lot of great stories. Let's start off. What was your most memorable game that you covered uh, at OU? And it doesn't necessarily have to be football, um, but if it's not, uh, I, I'd like you to talk about the most memorable football game as well. Oh, golly, that's so tough. I, I think it is probably football. Um, I think the best game I covered, was most exciting, was probably the OU-Texas game from last year um, just because you, you had OU getting that big hole. Kyler Murray almost had a Heisman moment even in the loss, and then a, a – freshman kicker Cameron Dicker I mean it's just so many storylines in that game it was probably the the best most exciting game I covered yeah that was uh was a heck of a game uh honestly um what what about non-football you did a lot of men's basketball a lot of softball a little bit of some other stuff but those Mm -hmm. are your primary 
responsibilities. What stands out to you about those beats? Yeah, there's the the softball beat was was pretty incredible to cover. I mean, just their early season dominance. I, I thought you know following them throughout the the uh, women's college world series and kind of in those epic battles with UCLA and UCLA, UCLA ultimately prevailing. So a couple things stick out from those basketball wise. Um, the NC tournament's probably my like favorite sporting event. So so you know covering those games in Columbia, South Carolina sitting in that arena when UCF almost knocked off Zion Williamson and Duke in the opening round and then OU probably playing their best game of the season against Ole Miss in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Um, Another big memory is, you know, OU wasn't solely responsible for this, but when Kansas' Big 12 streak, uh, basically OU ensured that it could not go on longer when when they upset Kansas and Norman played really well. And uh, <laughs> I remember Bill Self, he was asked after the game, like, is OU an NCAA tournament team? And he was like, well, I damn sure hope so because they had just gotten beat pretty <laughs> badly. Um, so, so that stuck out. But, yeah, lots of, lots of really cool uh, memories and really fun games to cover. What about stories, Joe? Um, you've had a lot of really great ones on the speed, and uh, I think uh, OU readers – uh, enjoyed reading your stuff, um, and and certainly will miss that. I know the the Thunder readers will appreciate it. Um, I know a couple that stand out to me, but uh, what to you are some of the favorite things you've written? Yeah, I mean, just for just for this year, I, I think you know, spending the Houston game with Ricky Dixon at, at Barry Switzer's house is one that um, maybe it's just because it's one that sticks out recently um that that was just a really cool experience just to see how hard ricky dixon is still fighting and how much his wife lorraine cares for him and how much switcher still cares for him and seeing the connection that he made with another um not a former football player but just a former ou grad and um who is also battling als and, and to see the connection that they made was pretty amazing um so yeah i mean that's that's probably one that sticks out most recently for me i think yeah i think to me that's the one that stands out and i i know like i said you've done a lot of great work a lot of great stories but that the the execution of it the the spending the time during the game with ricky dixon with barry switzer but not only the the way you did it but the way it was written was incredible and uh, I know that was a one of – that might have been my favorite thing to read on the OU beat um, in a long, long time. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was that was definitely um, a fun one. I mean, there's just been a lot of cool personalities to write about. Jalen Hurts, I think, is the, the guy we probably struggle most to write <laughs> about because he's so hard to get to. I think Kyler in the same – in a similar well, sense – yeah, but you found ways to to sort of break through the shell with Kyler a little bit, um, especially the fashion story, which continues to resonate now yeah, that, that he's in the one. NFL. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw the shirt he was wearing after <laughs> uh, after last week's game, but it, you know that's one I think of all the time when we see him uh, at post game pressers and uh, wearing clothes that are 
way too expensive for any of our tastes. Yeah, exactly. That that was a fun one. Um, that was probably my favorite story I wrote about Kyler, and it was just because he really liked talking about that subject. And his parents basically wouldn't talk about football, but his mom, um, Missy Murray, she she talked about that and how she kind of helps him like pick out his outfits and they go shopping together and. And remember, Kyler Murray had such good fashion sense because he was a millionaire playing college football because of that <laughs> signing bonus that he had to give, I guess, some portion of it back. Um, but, yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, so uh, a lot of good stuff uh, from Joe. Like I said, he'll continue uh, to, to bring that uh, to the Thunder beat. But uh, also you wrote about Lincoln Riley uh, a little bit earlier this season. Um about his background and uh, some things there, so just uh, just a lot of really good stuff from you, Joe. And and like I said, we'll uh, we'll miss you on Sooners Extra. We'll miss you yeah. around the beat for sure. Yeah, it'll it's it's again definitely bittersweet. I'm excited about the move, but also sad to be leaving the OU beat, especially when you know. I mean, thank you guys for listening to us and for for reading, and hope you continue to do that and. This this season is only going to get more interesting as as OU keeps winning, so it'll be it'll be a fun finish. Yeah, it will be. But uh, so that's we're going to wrap up our segment second segment there. We're going to be back with a, a little bit less sap uh, <laughs> for you. We're going to talk about uh, take some mailbag questions. We're going to talk about uh, the weekend in college football that uh, that is upon us and. Uh, a little bit more about OU West Virginia. Uh, please don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcasts app. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in each week. This is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And uh, Joe, we touched on it uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, OU West Virginia, I don't think any of us anticipate this game being extremely close. Um, is there any, th- any scenario you can see that the Mountaineers uh, – come in and upset the Sooners on Saturday no not not really I think OU is just less susceptible to an upset this year with how balanced they are and how much that defense has improved I think the only thing and you know Lincoln has said this is kind of an overblown narrative but if there's any you know lack of intensity coming off um, such an emotional game against Texas perhaps that's the only thing to to but it's been a long time since they've lost the game after Texas. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's even a real thing to worry about. So I guess the the short answer to your question is no. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can see happening uh, that would result in a West Virginia win is if OU turns the ball over in bunches and doesn't force, force turnovers. I wrote about this early in the week that uh, OU has struggled with forcing many turnovers defensively as many good things as they're doing on that side of the ball, forcing turnovers has been one thing that's sort of been lacking. They've got six of them. What is it? Four interceptions and two fumble recoveries so far. Um, if you know Jalen Hurts has a really bad game and they they give the ball up, 
you know, maybe you could see a, a path for, for the Mountaineers to come out with a win, but that's really the only way. Yeah, I mean, and you wrote about that. I mean, what do you, just from sort of reporting that story and writing about it, like, what do you think is the issue? Well, you know, I, I think it's, one, them be, being so focused on tackling, which is good in a way because that was such a problem that uh, that they've had in the last couple of years. And I think because of that, maybe there's a, a tendency – if you're the second or third guy into the pile, instead of stripping to go for the tackle and finish it off, I think that's a part of it. Part of it is positioning. I mean, we've seen that, and I sort of use this in the league that lead that, uh, you know, Buki Radley Hiles, there's a couple that he felt like if he was in the right position from the start of the play, that he would have been in prime interception uh, territory. Uh, otherwise, he wasn't, and it winds up being a, a completion or an incompletion, but uh, certainly not a turnover. So I think it's a combination of a couple things. I think they're working on it a ton. They still work on it a ton. They worked on it a ton before. It's just it sort of has to be beat into you, and I, I think it's going to get to that point that they're going to start happening at some point, but uh, that's been about the only disappointment on this defense so far. Yeah, I, I think I've – thought about turnovers differently since Alex Grinch has gotten here. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time after media availabilities and stuff, but you just can really learn a lot about football just from talking to Alex Grinch. And I kind of associated it more in the past with just kind of like right place, right time, um, and sort of based on luck. But, you know, I, I think obviously there's, you know, a better defense is going to force more tar- turnovers, but it's so much as a mentality, and that mentality hasn't been here in the past, and I think they're still sort of working to get there. Yeah, so we'll see if it uh, gets to that point, but I, I think they're going to come at some point. It's just uh, a little bit of a process. They're actually in a better position than they've been in like four or five years with turnovers through six games, which I think speaks to how wow. poorly. They're still like 102nd or something? Right? Yeah. It speaks to how poorly that they've done uh, at, at force and turnovers in recent years. Uh, that that is the case, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, gosh, I think it's been like 2014, 2013 since they had more turnovers through through six games. So uh, pretty incredible. But uh, Joe, let's answer a, a couple mailback questions real quick. Let's do it. First one. We, we, we kind of discussed this a little in our uh, grading segment uh, on the last podcast, but who, who do you think finishes with more rushing attempts this year between Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks? And I'll throw in, uh, uh, you know, th- those were the two aspects, but I'll throw in Ramondre Stevenson as well. Remind me what the numbers are uh, right now if you've got them handy um, as I'm having connection issues. I don't, issues. but I, uh, let's see here. Oklahoma rushing... Ramondre Steven, or let's see here. Attempts wise, we're, we're not we're not throwing in Hertz. Sermon has forty five. Yeah, because Hertz Ste- is going to win. Stevenson and Brooks have thirty five apiece. Yeah, um, I think it's going to wind up being. I think it's going to be Trey Sermon by the time all all things are said and done. That he's going to be number two uh, for them. Kennedy Brooks has been fantastic. Ramondre Stevenson has been fantastic. But I've got to think that Trey Sermon 
is going to have a breakout game, and, and they're going to need him to be a workhorse at some point uh, during this season, um, maybe a couple times, and, and I think he'll overtake those other two. What about you? I don't know. I, I kind of think it's maybe Sermon finishes with the most at the end of the year, but from he's got a 10-carry he's lead. But from here on out, I don't think I'd be surprised if Kennedy Brooks led them in attempts. I mean – in my mind, I still think Sermon's their featured back, but I think what the staff is showing us is that Brooks might have passed him. Yeah, so that that will be something interesting to watch. Obviously, health will come into play there as well, but uh, they've certainly got three running backs right now that they feel really good about, and then another one in TJ Pledger, who's uh, you know working his way up into that category as well. Uh, Joe, another question from a reader. Who is Oklahoma's? Who has been Oklahoma's best defensive player through the first half of the season? I, I think it's Neville Gallimore. I, I think you know there, there's obviously other candidates, but I, I'll go with Gallimore up front. Just the way that you know he is grading out not only uh, stat the stats aren't there, but most stats for defensive linemen aren't there. But sort of the pro football focus numbers we reference just how he still constantly pressured the quarterback when facing double teams and still forcing quarterback hurries um, even when he's not you know getting back there and recording sacks he's just been a monster up front and a guy that basically teams have to double team at this point yeah I you know I sort of hoped you'd say Kenneth Murray <laughs> so I could go the other direction you have to go Murray now right but well, no because I don't do that I uh say what I feel and what I feel like is Neville Gallimore has been the best uh, defensive player Kenneth Murray's been fantastic and Kenneth Murray very could wind up the end of the year as the big 12 defensive player of the year like he was picked but to me at this point Neville Gallimore the job that he's done getting off of double teams being disruptive absolutely wreaking havoc um you know left and right and freeing things up for Neville Gallimore and the linebackers behind him to make plays um, has just been incredible. It's the best season from a defensive lineman for OU that I can remember on my time during the beat. Um, and it, it, you know, it might be the best defensive season for OU in a decade or so. Defensive line season from OU in a decade or so. And if he's able to continue that, he's going to work his way, you know, way up some draft boards. Because uh, he's just been phenomenal. He was on Pro Football Focus's first team midseason All American list and uh, certainly has a chance to be there in the end, also. Yeah, I, I think if the question was phrased differently, like who's got a better chance to win Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, I think it's still Kenneth Murray. Yeah, I would agree. Because we, we look at stats too much. So, yeah. I mean, not, not look too much, but. Well, it's hard to. I mean, a D lineman's just never going to match a linebacker in stats. Yeah, and it's it's hard to get a sense of that um, as a voter, and I'm a voter on that team um, because a lot of what you have to go by is stats. Yes, you get to watch. Uh, you know, obviously, a, a, for the guys you cover, you watch every game. For the guys that you don't cover, you watch at least one of their games. But uh, you know, it's really it's much more difficult to break through as a defensive lineman than it is uh, as a linebacker unless the defensive lineman is like you know putting up just crazy sack right. numbers 
is you know doing things like what Indomitian Sioux did. Yeah, that's the name I was about to bring up. But if Neville Gallimore was in a West Virginia uniform, and we just look at the stats, he, you probably would not know how dominant he has been unless you were a West Virginia fan or covering West Virginia. So because we see what Neville Gallimore does every week, I think we're probably more likely to pick him for that award than someone not covering OU is. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, Joe, the one good thing about you leaving is that it gives everybody... <laughs> there, there's more than one, probably, but we can say no, that off air. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, we'll talk about that. But uh, um, we get a chance to catch up to you in the picks race because you're running away with it uh, right now. Uh, let's talk about... First of all, let's talk picks for, for West Virginia OU. Uh, what score did you have? I'm pulling up our picks well, right now. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. Uh, you had 42-10, to 10, the Sooners. Yeah, 42-10. That's, that sounds good. Um, I, I, think the <laughs> I, defense, I think the defense is still going to play well. That's not, that is a not cover number, not, by the way. Yeah, I think that's my third straight OU doesn't cover, and – the, the the first two were, were right, so we'll see if this one's right. <laughs> yeah, um, but I picked OU to cover 54-14. to 14. I'm anticipating with that that Austin Kendall won't play. Without Austin Kendall, West Virginia's offense, it isn't great to begin with, becomes really anemic, and that makes OU's defense that much better, and they haven't protected well, which is not a good sign when you've got Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray on the other side, so I think OU runs away with this one. Joe, some more interesting games in the Big 12. Uh, Baylor at Oklahoma State, I was a little bit surprised that I was the only one who picked the Bears to win this game. Yeah, I am too. Um, I mean, I picked OSU, but I, I didn't think that all of us would except you. That That's that's a huge game. I mean, uh, a bigger game for Baylor, obviously, to keep to keep rolling and to, to potentially have a undefeated versus undefeated matchup in Waco but um, yeah I like the Cowboys in that one I think it's I would pick differently if it was in Waco but maybe just give the slight edge to the home team another surprise when looking through a big 12 picks TCU and Kansas State all of us picked the Wildcats to win yeah I mean what I don't know Barry wrote something about this in his picks but maybe we're missing something I was surprised to see TCU favored on the road yeah, I was a little bit, but we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, TCU, you never know. They could pop up and, and play better, but defensively they haven't been very good at all, and, and K-State defensively has been pretty solid. So we'll see how that game turns out. Uh, Iowa State and Texas Tech, I think uh, everybody except for Scotty Wright went with the Cyclones uh, in this game. Uh, Joe, you picked uh, Iowa State to win by six. Uh, I picked Iowa State to win by three. Neither of those are cover numbers, but uh, I, I think the Cyclones are going to come out on top. Their offense has been pretty good in their defense. Uh, while maybe not what we thought it might be early in the season, has still been pretty solid. Yeah, their offense took a while to get going, but now they're really rounding into form. Uh, the Cyclones obviously had the slow start, now, now playing more like the team we thought they might be. Yeah, what about uh, any other games around the country, Joe? What uh, what stands out to you? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not a not a huge week. There's a, there's a big Pac-12 matchup. I think it's interesting. Oregon at Washington. Um, that's definitely one to watch. So, uh, 
Yeah, you, is that the best game of the? Yeah, week? that's probably the best game of the week. You picked Oregon by seven. I picked him by six. Uh, you know, in the same ballpark as far as scores. Only uh, Scotty Wright, who's making a, a habit of going out. Scotty's on the limb trying here, to make some headway here. Uh, picked uh, pick Washington uh, to win that game by three. Joe and I both picked uh, Oregon to not only win but cover that game. Another uh, sort of sneaky, interesting game, Joe, is that uh, Temple SMU game. Uh, Temple had been playing pretty well, tripped up a little bit, but uh, they got a chance to give the Mustangs some issues. Yeah, Temple's Temple's a good team. Um, I, I picked SMU by one, so I think it's going to be a close game. But yeah, SMU is one of the best stories of the season. It's kind of cool to see them get back to uh, get back in the national spotlight a little bit. And then the other game to, to that I'm interested in is Michigan at Penn State. We all picked Penn State, but a but a big game in the Big Ten. Yeah, it should be. I think. Uh, let's see. Did anybody pick? Let's see. Jenny picked Penn State to cover. Um, she might have been the only one. She yeah. was the only one. Excuse me, that picked Penn State to cover. So, um, that that will be a fun one as well. I'd probably say that that's actually the game of the week yeah. over uh, over Oregon and Washington, depending on which Washington shows up because they've been really really good at times, and then they've been looked really mediocre. Yeah, yeah, it's a big game for Oregon. I mean, their only loss still is that Auburn game, right? Yes. So it's a pretty good resume they're they're building up, especially if they they can win in Seattle. All right, Joe, we're going to wrap it up there. I'll do the outro here, but I think you're going to need to do the outro. (laughs) I'm going to have to have a script or something. On Saturday as we wrap up. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for Joe Masato for the work that he's done over the last season and a half on the OU Beat. Uh, If you're a Thunder fan, please check out his coverage beginning Monday in the Oklahoman at Oklahoman.com and uh, listen to the Thunder Buddies podcast as Joe and and Maddie Lee do a fantastic job over there. But uh, thank you so much for listening to the Sooners Extra podcast from the Oklahoman. Please drop us a line at R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com or on Twitter at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Joe, I'd ask for your contact information, but I'm not sure we need to give it now. Oh man, I'm going to give it anyway because, <laughs> uh, well, why not? Let's let's Cause, talk because we got to say Joe's got to say two S's, two, two T's two. one more time at least. That's right, and two O's as you would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at Joe, I messed that up. At Joe underscore Masato on Twitter, J Masato at Oklahoma.com. Two S's, two T's, uh, one O in Masato. <laughs> The Sooners Extra Podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. You can check out our work every day at oklahoma.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best. Hey, you